0: Welcome to the What About Us podcast where I, Brona Lachlan, will be introducing you to some of the people behind the What About Us musical and movement. The What About Us project aims to give a voice to a generation who are demanding change using the international language of music and the hashtag #WhatAboutUsMusic social media platforms. The protest musical which premieres in Dublin next year addresses issues such as conflict, greed, human trafficking and mental health, all wrapped up in a beautiful love story. It is being created using a collaborative process with musicians and artists from all over the globe. The storyline is being workshopped in Dublin, Jerusalem and Palestine. The movement reaches a wider audience and addresses a broader range of societal issues, including climate change, the environment, war and human rights, which affect the youth of today and tomorrow. It's an ambitious project, but one with a rapidly growing following. In today's episode, I speak with Kira Feehali, Head of Communications and Fundraising at Vita Ireland about climate inequality, gender inequality caused by climate change and how carbon offsetting is a crucial step in our journey to reducing our carbon footprint. So, Kira, can you tell me a bit about yourself and what you
1: do? So, I work for a an Irish NGO. We're thirty two years young. Uh, we uh, operate in East Africa. I I came to Visa about seven or eight years ago. I had been on the board of Visa, and we started to work um uh, very extensively with a pioneering carbon mitigation finance model and it required a lot of communications uh, experience so I decided to step away from my previous role, got this off the ground and here I am six <laughs> years later and I still haven't come back to the old job. Um, I'm quite happy in this one.
0: Oh, brilliant. And what what would be your past experience being then that relates to Vita? Well,
1: I started off my... I actually have a... Fine arts diploma, four year diploma from Cork, which I, you know, I don't think it was that beneficial to my career really. <laughs> uh, but uh, I started off working in RTE, and I was there for about eight years. And I came in on the studio floor. But uh, when I actually, it's a bit longer than eight years; it's probably more like ten years. But when I left, I was actually a press and information officer. So I had developed a real interest in communications, marketing, and um, and then I went and worked for a small INGO in Leash uh, called the uh, Irish Cattle and Sheep Farmers Association. And I spent three years there and kind of honed my uh, advocacy skills there and my media skills. And then I went uh, uh, to Airgrid for six and a half years, actually, uh, where we did an awful lot of public consultation and working in, um, in the energy sector before I finally landed here in Vita.
0: Brilliant. You kind of mentioned a bit there how you got started with Vita, but um, for some people who don't know, could you maybe explain a bit of what Vita kind of does and everything?
1: Okay, so uh, Vita is, we started off in the late 1980s uh, very much as a traditional NGO uh, looking, we called Refugee Trust International back then, founded by Father Kevin Duffany, and our patron, uh, our founding patron was actually uh, Mother Teresa of Calcutta. Um, I, in the late 90s, early 2000s, uh, we realised that um, we were, for a couple of reasons, we, we needed to change. We weren't ever going to be big enough like Oxfam to be able to have massive impact. And the second reason we realized is we could have much more impact if we worked with people before they became refugees, even though we hear a lot about um refugees from areas of conflict like Syria and, you know, uh, Afghanistan now. Uh, in reality, a lot of the vast, vast majority of refugees Refugees are economic refugees and they flee their home countries because they cannot make a sustainable livelihood there. So uh, we see our role as um, working with communities, with community-led methodologies um, so that they can achieve sustainable livelihoods by the provision of services that are accessible to all. So, um, you know, clean water, clean cooking, climate-smart agriculture, you know, climate refugees is a real thing homes in their jobs because they have no resilience to the impact of climate change. So Vita does a lot of work um, in East Africa with families building resilience to um, climate change.
0: Brilliant. That's a great summary of what Vita does there. And um, so in terms of your role at Vita, have you always had an interest in kind of sustainability and social justice?
1: Yes, I would always have had an interest in social justice, but I would also be very, very into sustainability uh, I I've had a plastic free or attempt to have a plastic free household for years. And, you know, I have, you know, uh, probably to my personal detriment been making my own soaps and shampoos for years. <laughs> can you <laughs> so share I know some it, recipes? <laughs> I, I can, but I can't stand over them, <laughs> but I definitely think that is a, a part of my value system for a long time.
0: Brilliant. So you kind of mentioned that Vita works in East Africa, but what would be the specific locations it works in?
1: We work in Ethiopia and Eritrea primarily. NGO uh, realistically working in Eritrea, where we partner very closely with communities there. Um, and in Ethiopia, would we would be one of 3,000 NGOs. So they're two very different experiences for us. I have imagined you've been to these places then, haven't you? I certainly have with my factor 50. <laughs> and how, how, would it, how
0: would it kind of differ to Ireland? Like, obviously, we know it's different, but is it a bit of a culture shock when you
1: go, in a sense? It, it certainly is a culture shock. And from the moment you land to the moment you leave, it couldn't be more different. There's a stark, stark um, uh, contrast between the global north and the global south, realistically. Um, you have got the things we take for granted here. Simple things like water management are things that are life altering in um, in 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 the East African countries where we work. When we we say in Ireland we're impacted by climate change, but, but uh, that. It, If we have a deluge of water, it's managed. If we have a lack of water, it's managed. We have the infrastructure in place. We have the knowledge, the understanding and the investment in place to help us manage drought or deluge. But in countries where Vita works and where uh, many NGOs work, there simply is not that infrastructure. If it lashes rain for 10 days solid, that water will wash away all the crops. If it's uh, drought for four months, you know, those crops and livestock will will not survive. There is no way of managing water. That's one of the most fundamental differences why people cannot manage or, or cannot build resilience to climate change. Um, the difference also I would say there is a huge difference in what people consider an acceptable um, quality of life. Um, I find that uh, you you people are quite happy with two or three changes of clothes and would be considered, uh, consider themselves very fortunate, you know, yeah. whereas here there is not that sense of humility or sparsity or, you know, frugalness at all. What we call frugal is normal down there, yeah. I suppose, you know, and uh, You know, so there are some, obviously, there's going to be great cultural differences as well. And, you know, if you want to eat fabulous food, go to East Africa. Uh, But there is also fundamental value differences, as I say, as well, such as what is enough. What is enough is a big conversation.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. And I'd say I'd say even from being there, it
1: makes you really grateful for what you have. But you certainly do appreciate what you have. Things that, you know, we can take for granted here very easily, as I say, water structure, which nobody even thinks about, but even things like access to healthcare. The pandemic has shown us how great the gulf is between developed countries and lesser developed nations because you know we have access to healthcare. We had a very sophisticated vaccine purchase and rollout scheme. Um, they, unfortunately, in lesser developed con- countries, they are dependent on external forces like COVAX and, mm. um, you know, and dependent on charity, uh, you know, in order to survive. And I suppose that's my bugbear. I hate the word charity. I'm not too mm-hmm. fond of the word aid. Think that Africa and African people have the potential and the ambition and the spirit and the determination to do it themselves in the right context, in the right environment. I honestly don't believe Africa needs another charity investment and it needs, you know, careful, considered impact investment. And that's where Vita would be different to an all, all, all of our peer group, really, in that we are trying to shed traditional uh, models of aid and work towards um you know uh, next generation grown-up models of Mm. social impact investment.
0: I suppose when you started your role six years ago at Afita were you surprised to learn about kind of how unequal climate change is and the inequalities it causes?
1: I was a fool I'd say before I started here with Vita I didn't have a clue I thought I knew a lot but I knew very very little yes a climate justice is my siren call um the the you know the women I work with in East Africa the ladies that I you know that in the villages where that we partner with they are the most ambitious Determined, clever, you know, intuitive people that I've ever met and under uh, such huge disadvantage is uh, it's word that's been thrown around like in the last 10 years. And I'd say for the first five of those people really didn't understand what mm. it meant. Um, But now they're getting a good understanding. What it means is, you know, what our climate justice is a bit of recalibrating our, uh, you know, rebalancing so that those who commit the fewest sins, the fewest carbon sins yeah. should not pay the greatest price. We are up here in our, you know, northern half of the hemisphere. We're the ones running around in the cars, you Mm -hmm. know, flying around in planes, heating our houses. We are the ones who are causing this huge problem in our atmosphere. They down there where certainly where vita works they don't have cars they don't fly anywhere Mm -hmm. and they don't heat their homes and yet they are paying this huge price watching their, their livestock and their farms wash away or you know die in the middle of their fields from drought so that climate justice is is it also specifically disadvantages women and girls more. And that is, um, it's a difficult one to explain, you know, gender and climate justice, because at the end of the day, when you're working in communities where there is, no access to clean water so the the water the community water pump is broken or there never was one Um, it is culturally the job of the woman and the girl to fetch that water and that might be five kilometers away it may be eight kilometers away Uh, it it may be a four-hour walk a day you know that time that drudgery that that day by day you know Never ending drudgery is what keeps women and girls from being more successful in their lives. That time, if you can give them that time back, that means that they have this gift. They're liberated this time, you know, so they can, you know, redivert that into education. Oh, so many girls miss out on education because they're bloody fetching water or gathering sticks for the fire. Mm. And if you can diminish that time, it gives them a huge opportunity. And for the women, um, the you know, that time can be spent either just for resting because the average uh, is a 16 hour day, which is you know, bloody long. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, so she can take that back for her health and well being, or she could take it back to you know tending to her crops or tending to uh, maybe her goats or just generating an income in some other way
0: no for sure It sounds absolutely mad. So it does. I can't imagine doing a 16 hour day like it must be absolutely
1: exhausting. Uh, Well, we hear a lot. (laughs) We hear a lot of complaints. No one should do a 16 hour day. Uh, But it is exhausting and, you know, it takes its toll and, and, you know, we can and we can here expect to live into our 80s and 90s for example where we work you know to live into your 50s for a woman would be mm. a great thing also um it, women suffer terribly through um, their lifestyles they you've, we've all seen that awful bloody picture of of women with the wood on their back yeah. and unfortunately that is a reality of life for millions and millions of women in East Africa um, they will spend hours and hours every day or every week gathering sticks and this has a huge impact on their health they do suffer with chronic back pain you'd often see older ladies doubled over they mm. just simply have not the capacity to stand up straight anymore if you can reduce, and this is the where climate justice is runs yes. central with our work, is if you can reduce the amount of time that a woman gathers wood, and um, by giving her an improved cook stove, for instance, for clean cooking, enclosed fr- flame, which will protect her eyes, her lungs, and her heart mm. from toxic uh, fumes and and you know permanent damage. Uh, um, it's also uses sixty percent less wood, and when you use that sixty percent of her time gifted back to her again from carrying wood, or if she's in some uh, other place like Eritrea where there was very little wood in order to, to gather, she, mm-hmm. what little income she has would be spent on charcoal on wood. So when you can, when when she has an improved cook stove, um, that that gives her her health back and it gives her time back, but. It works very closely with the water programs because it's if she has access to clean water, she doesn't have to burn that on the stove to sanitize it. Yeah. So she's saving even more wood. And that's where the climate justice element of Evita's work comes in. Trees are very important for taking carbon out of the atmosphere. The more trees you save, the more chance you have of reversing the impacts of climate change. Coupled with burning wood is very bad for the atmosphere. When you can reduce that significantly um, uh, over the co- by introducing these two low carbon technologies, which is clean cook stoves and uh, community water pumps, then you are again further reducing the amount of carbon that would otherwise have been released into the atmosphere. And these are carbon emission savings. Yeah. So carbon emission savings um, can be rated, monitored, counted, measured. And once they go through this audit process, they're called carbon offsets. Um, And each ton of carbon that is saved. And uh, if you can imagine, if I can just put this into context for you, You and I, as average Irish people, would have a carbon footprint every year of anything between 11 to 17 tonnes. And Mm -hmm. that depends on whether we're flying a lot, using public transport, using our cars a lot, how we heat our home. So it's a rough, loose, loose, you know, sort of between 11 and 15 tonnes as individuals. Mm -hmm. So when uh, when you compare that to a woman in a village in Ethiopia, her only um, carbon burning element is tied to her cook stove. As I said before, she doesn't fly, she doesn't eat at home, she doesn't drive anywhere. So it's just her cook stove. So, on average, those cook stoves are responsible for five tons of carbon being emitted into the atmosphere every year. That's for her whole, whole family. Mm-hmm. So, whereas you and I are maybe 11 to 17 tons each, she's one ton. You know, and her husband is a ton and her three children are a ton each. So that's uh, that's a big difference. Um, And when you can reduce that five tons by uh, ensuring she doesn't have to boil dirty water to clean it, then um, that three tons of a difference. So she was five tons. Uh, That was her liability last year. This year, her liability is just two tons. So the three tons that have been saved from being emitted into the atmosphere as dirty carbon, that is now this saleable product called three tons of carbon offset. So, when, as I said, when that goes through this whole audit process to prove that it has been saved, to prove the trees have been saved, to true, prove that wood has not been burned. It's quite a process. It's very robust. Mm-hmm. It then becomes a commodity that you can sell on the voluntary carbon market. So each ton of carbon um, is 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 something you can sell uh, each ton of um, carbon offsets so lots of companies buy carbon offsets in order to take responsibility for their footprint as they are reducing they like to offset what they are responsible for so you know you'll find a whole range of individuals Mm -hmm. as well because we sell them on our offsite for eight euros uh, a ton and someone uh, will purchase them often if they're going flying a lot or something like that I mean it's It's not an expensive um, thing to contemplate. You can fly to London and back 10 times for one ton of carbon. So there's quite a it's not very um, onerous, but it does help people focus and understand what their footprints are. So we sell a lot of carbon offsets to companies. Uh, Phillips Electrical in Ireland we sell them to Avalon Aircraft Leasing Kios Crisps they were the first um, carbon neutral crisp in the world actually we sell to FBD Insurance who offset all the professional mileage with us we sell to a huge range everybody from aircraft leasing companies like uh, Avalon and SMBC to small tiny little restaurants and coffee shops around the place um, banks legal firms we have a lot of people a lot of individuals as well who are l- looking at their carbon offset and say our carbon footprint and saying what can i do i must reduce but while i'm reducing what can i do to um take responsibility for what i am producing i think since the ipcc report even last mm, um, yeah. monday there has been a huge amount of interest we've had a lot of calls you know and there's a a lot of interest in um people trying to really act responsibility responsibly around their sustainability
0: yeah no definitely and just in terms of the carbon offsetting like I wouldn't know a huge amount about it other than what you guys do but like what so those companies are buying them what do what would they get in return for that like would like I know some places plant
1: trees and stuff like that yes what well, what companies get when when they buy cuz it's not a donation when you yeah. buy a carbon offset you are not donating you're getting something in return yeah. um so what you are getting is you know the ability to say that you are you could you could offset your whole uh, footprint and then you can say legitimately that you're carbon neutral or you could offset okay. some of it and say you know we 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 are you know offsetting This part of our footprint or that part. I'll I'll be honest with you. For a lot of companies, this is a wake-up call and they're only getting their heads around it. Three or four years ago, when when we were talking to companies about carbon offsets, we were talking to everything, everyone from marketing, finance, facilities management. Now we're talking to sustainability managers because companies are putting in sustainability managers. So there's a huge it's being built into their planning, their business planning, it is no longer seen as peripheral or CSR, but it is seen as central and long term and uh, worthy of capital investment. The companies have no choice. They no longer can get away with scattering a few seeds around the car park and calling it a sustainability plan. Yeah. So they are having to take a very grown up and they were having to move very, very quickly. Um, and for a lot of reasons, there's legislative pressure on them and there is customer pressure on them and there is value chain pressure on them. So, you know, their customers, their suppliers, everybody is waking up at the same time to this. But also, I think it's very important that people understand this is It's such a cliche I know but it is a journey you cannot as a CEO call a meeting Monday morning and say lads we need to be sustainable by Friday it's not that easy it's a process and depending on the size and nature of the company particularly if you're around transport and manufacturing you have to push right downstream and right upstream to get the results you want right through your supply chain and and your you know and beyond your point of sale there's a huge demand now from customers to know what you do even when you're, for instance, in in, in um, fast fashion, that customers no longer accept that your responsibility stops at the till. Yeah. There's a huge amount of customer awareness cl- uh, and public awareness. And they um, like to, they, c- clients like and customers like to feel good about where they shop. And this is becoming a huge part of it. So they want to feel virtuous about shopping with virtuous brands. So they get to satisfy internal and external stakeholders. And that's, um, we work with one company who are a B2B. So they don't really have a public road frontage, if you like. They ha- they're not public facing. And they and yet they were one of the very first on board. It was Avalon Aircraft Leasing. Oh, right. They were very, I think they were possibly our first or second client there five years ago and are still a very um, integrated partner but i think they did it because they realized that it's important for recruitment people who you know when they're recruiting people they want to know that they're working with a decent company with decent yeah. values who live their values so uh, they they would um be very conscious of of the sustainability reputation of a company and um, therefore uh, that was one of the reasons that Avalon came to us but uh, they also really felt a strong social uh, corporately they fe- felt very that they wanted to take responsibility for their footprint as well so uh, there are a number of things that companies get out of it for other companies we talked about and um, uh, Crisps uh, a very small company batting way above their weight uh, globally and one of the things that they found was very helpful to them was to be able to say they were carbon neutral crisp five years ago in Ireland. It wasn't helpful at all. Nobody cared. They did focus groups. But when they took that same product to the States, there was a lot of corporate interest in that. And a lot of their customers really liked the fact that they were carbon neutral and really liked the fact that they were carbon neutral through a nonprofit. That it wasn't a commercial arrangement they made with anyone else. So, um, they, what companies get out of it is wild and varied, mm. but they don't do it unless they are going to get out of it, uh, get something out of it. Companies are not in the charity business. There has to be something in it for them. Uh, they want to do good. They also want to be seen to be go- do good. They want their customers and clients to know that they're doing good. And with Vita's particular model, which you mentioned tree planting, and I'm going to go back to, back to that in a minute, but Vita's uh, particular model is... Uh, Life transforming clean cooking is life transforming, so it's the social impact is so high that the, the companies can build these nuances into their brand. You know, that what they're doing has tangible results, they're saving lives and securing futures for um uh, communities in East Africa through offsetting. So they're getting something and they know that they are also giving something, so it's a win win for yeah. organizations
0: no definitely and you mentioned cows being carbon neutral i suppose i'm just wondering like in the example of cows would they be offsetting all their carbon each year to
1: yes get that badge Yes, they would. They would have to do a stringent measurement because they're a food processing and manufacturing. It's not like they're all sitting around in an office. So, uh, you know, they have to do it. It, it. There's a lot of things that we can help with the measurements here in Vita. We can help you do measurements with your, you know, we can with your energy and your mileage and your flights and those kind of things. But um, for a company, more complicated companies where maybe they are manufacturing food or if you're making widgets, you know, you would need to get professional help in the measurement there are a lot of really good companies after you know, springing up in the last uh, few years and some great consultants um who will help you do your measurement if you are in any way complicated and uh what well, They will put in train a system where you can measure yourself, you know, every year and you can assess what your carbon liability is and you can offset that. And as I say, you can become carbon neutral. Now, the world is is changing rapidly and there you being carbon neutral is not enough. You must reduce, reduce, reduce. Our mantra would be, you know, uh, reduce, avoid, offset you yeah. know so uh but before you do any of that you must measure yeah. so that uh you know what your liability is and you know where you need to get to They i think that um reducing um is important companies are investing an awful lot and for for instance switching to renewable energy or carbon capture which is you know much more expensive there's a lot of um uh, uh there's a lot of investment going into low carbon tech uh but at the end of the day we live the way we live nobody's giving up their wi-fi and their data storage and their fridges so there has to be solutions yeah. found um to make those low carbon uh, you know as well so uh, there's um, a lot of work to be done and it's going to take a while to do it and we can't the planet can't wait for no. us to slowly adapt And um, so one of the legs of that stool would be to offset 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 um as you reduce 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 because at the end of the day when you buy an offset it is a reduction happening somewhere else yeah but it's only one atmosphere so it doesn't matter that much where
0: in terms of that, then, would you say Vita's stance with the whole thing is not that offsetting is a solution, but maybe that you should do it if you can't avoid, like increasing your carbon footprint by doing a certain activity.
1: Offsetting is only one leg of the stool. Yeah, you know, this is oh, don't we wish there was one answer to climate change? Mm-hmm. But there isn't. You know, there's uh, going to be a lot of Integrated solutions, um, but offsetting is definitely a huge part of that. It and don't take my word for it. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Mark Carney. He used to be head of the Bank of England. He's he's one of the most respected financiers Mm. in the world. He's now the UN envoy for climate change and climate finance, and that's sort of year of the UN envoy posts. Um, And in, in 2019, he brought together what was then 40 and is now over 250 of the top CEOs in the world, including the biggest sinners uh, in terms of emissions like their oil companies um, and mining companies and he brought them all together and he said now lads it's time to sort yourself out and we're going to do this by investing in the oh voluntary carbon market so they they because he recognized the system must change from within there's no point in us standing outside the tent going please mining you know you know be, 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 be better people you have yeah. to be inside the tent going I can change the system uh, so um the the voluntary carbon market which is the where Vita sells its offsets is going to grow by 20 27 by 15 well over the 20 billion mark per year um and up to a hundred billion because all of these CEOs from Bill Gates to Bill Winters and Nazareth to, as I mentioned before, Mark Carney, they're all the drivers behind it mm-hmm. and they're all the power brokers. Yeah. So um, they know that offsetting is absolutely critical to achieving climate change targets. And I can only follow their lead because they know a lot more than I do. <laughs> so we were, we were. I will say, we were in the voluntary car of market long before they were. But if they understand the role that uh, offsetting plays, then, you know, they these are not stupid people. But they also, also are very, very strong on the fact that net zero, reducing, reducing, reducing is the only answer. And as you're reducing, you must be offsetting. You mentioned trees a minute ago, (laughs) um, uh, probably about an hour ago, I've been talking for so long. (laughs) Um, and forestry, and forestry is certainly a very, very popular way of offsetting. So, um, Vita does plant trees, but they uh, not in the kind of numbers that they would qualify to be counted as offsets, or actually, we're in savings, tree savings, so we um, are... our, our programs are structured around saving existing trees. Yeah. So the uh, trees in any shape or form are going to, they are the future combat climate change without planting lots more of them and stopping people cutting them down, you know. But the uh, thing about trees is when you plant them, there is quite a lag between planting the seedling and them being in a position where they are sequestering carbon yeah. out of the air. When you're saving trees, there's no lag, you know. They're, you're, they're, they're doing their business already usually. So, um, there is a big difference, I think. Um, you know, there are lots of carbon offsets that you could buy online. Right? You know, if when you're often paired with flight companies and things like that, and you know, they're uh, they're, they're about planting trees, which is critically important. Um. Mm-hmm. And then there are ours, which is about saving trees. So our trees need to be saved. The soil is held together. It doesn't run loosely into the water courses, you know, and that's very important. That water is not brown uh, from from earth that does not have tree cover. Uh, That's a huge part of environmental damage that tree saving can reverse when you buy Vita's carbon offsets um, it is a result of you know a tree saving and life transforming for uh, just to give you an idea for each ton of carbon saved you know some of the uh, bigger entities would have estimated roughly that that would be about 15 trees saved oh my gosh wow so, Vita uh, now between two thousand and sixteen and two thousand and twenty saved two million tons of carbon emission savings. So that's thirty million trees saved oh from goodness. being burnt, saved yeah. saved to sequester, but also saved from being burnt. So there is a double advantage.
0: Some people might want to, after listen to this, you know, offset their carbon and everything with your great kind of speech on it and everything being so encouraging but um would there be like would all of these carbon offsetting kind of organizations be legit or would there be like is there a lot of kind of regulations with it or
1: when there's buyer beware um you know do do please check out who you're offsetting with We, you know they they they're how do you buy something that doesn't exist? How do you buy something? You're paying for it never to exist. So you're not buying a table and chair that you're bringing home with you and that is a tangible presence in your house. Um, So yes, you must, or I would strongly advise you do a bit of research. Look at who they're accrediting by okay. you know um, you must look at the accreditation uh, ours are accredited by gold standard they're UN affiliated, they're the absolute top people you know they're Swiss reg- regulated so you know if it's Swiss regulated that it's expensive but quality <laughs> 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 uh, but um, so there's about three really big voluntary carbon markets there's RED, there's Villa, and there's um the uh, gold standard whom we work with. Uh, So look and check out, uh, you know, uh, are you buying it from a credible website? You know, have you ever heard of these people? And, you know, Google look around or ask um, it's very important that you don't, that your money works hard. You want it to have an impact you know uh, our model is the only non-commercial model available to be honest we're globally unique in that respect you know people who sell uh, voluntary carbon offsets on websites and there's nothing wrong with this, this is how the world turns around but they are uh, commercially natured they're selling it for a profit what makes Vita so unique is that we developed our, with our communities that we worked with, uh, they generated the carbon offsets. And we effectively, you know, a seller, we retain the ownership on their behalf. And we retain it right up to the customer. In normal, um, in normal linear models, um, a commercial entity will come in, they'll give the NGO the money to b- build the stoves or fix the water. And in return, they get the carbon offsets. They then sell them on to someone else and send them on to someone else and sell them on to someone else who gets them to the customer. So you can buy a carbon offset from Goldman Sachs, Yeah, you know, and there's nothing wrong with the offset. It's just that four or five people will have taken a little bit of profit all the way along. Um, but there is no profit going back or no benefit going back to the people who generated it in the first place. Our model is completely different. It's a circular model. We g- work with the communities to generate it. We retain the ownership right up until the point of sale because we're not for profit at all. So it's a much more equitable model and it's a not a commercial model. It's very, very little commercial leakage out of it. So um, that's why I say when you do your due diligence on who you're buying your carbon offsets with and make sure that the money that that you are paying for it, works really hard for you.
0: Where can people find you and how can they get involved in what you are
1: doing? Okay, so we're not a volunteer organisation um, uh, in that, you know, there are lots of organisations who are volunteer organisations. We prefer, to be very honest, to empower local communities to drive their own development. So, you know, they, they if they are lacking a skill, we would like to... um facilitate them achieving that skill rather than bring something else with that skill in to do it. So, but we do work with people um, who have this incredible expertise and they give it to us. So we work an awful lot with the potato, commercial potato producers around Ireland and they go out and they work with our team and our farmers there uh, in a very knowledge-led way, in a very knowledge-led programme. And Chagask we're very close with Chagas, and that's building into all of our climate smart Uh, programmes. So there are opportunities where people who have a particular expertise, you know, we are so grateful for them. But getting involved with Visa, I suppose... One way is to offset, um, you know, because even though it might just be a tiny amount, it is really important to you going forward as a person. Mm. So we would welcome you to come onto our website and at least measure. Even if you don't offset, you can come in and measure, you know, on our carbon calculator. And that's Vita.ie. We, you know, so we're obviously nothing happens. With, with, without funding so we are yeah. uh, always looking for funding so that we can continue doing what we do so there's uh, numerous ways to help if you come into our website and just read our stories read yeah. about the women that I get to work with <laughs> you know and uh, of so our, our farmers I think it's very interesting that when people read our stories and they understand that the women and the farmers and the people were—they're as ambitious as the rest of us. Yeah. They want their kids to go to college. I've Yeah,
0: heard those stories, and they are entrepreneurs themselves. You know, they are absolutely,
1: and they want all. Oh, Every all the good things that we want for our families, they want for theirs. And the the farmers make me laugh because you know you, you they they would be um we might have some farmers getting engaged in a, a potato program or a mango program, and you know the other farmers would be standing around looking. And when they see that your man there has got twice the amount of potatoes they have, they're not, they're very quick to look over <laughs> the fence and see and sign up. You know, so there is a great um there's a great understanding of how human. Yeah. Age works right across our stories yeah no
0: definitely thanks so much kira for coming on it's been great chatting to you about all this
1: thanks for this opportunity Brona. it's been really lovely talking to you and i wish you the very best with this podcast and i can't wait to listen back (laughs) and and realize just how strong my cork accent is
0: (laughs) (laughs) thanks so much for tuning into the what about us podcast be sure to follow all of our social media platforms at hashtag what about us music